You are now tuned in to the Property Management Show with your host, Alex Osanenko. We bring in the experts of today so you can be the master of tomorrow in all things property management. Whether it's getting more doors, running a profitable fee-based business, or by simply being the best property manager. So, grab a pen and paper because this episode is sure to be a good one. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to the next episode of the Property Management Show. Super flattered, super humbled uh, for all of you listening out there. Um, um, you know, we, we've seen the audience grow to about 8,000 downloads per month now, and we have thousands of views on YouTube. So, you know, property management and the intricacies of how to do it right is an interesting topic for everyone um, and, and, and new entrepreneurs going into the business. So, um, what I have today for you, the guest I have today has been described to me as a hardworking hustler and a very straight up guy. I'm very excited to get in this conversation because we're going to talk about expanding into new markets without having to acquire another property management company. Now, we have a multiple episodes on acquisition strategies from you know Mike Catalano, Mike Callis, Andrew Probst. All these guys know their methods for acquiring um, a management company in order to expand into new markets. Well, my, my guest today is Brock Forking, and he is going to talk about a different way to expand in new markets uh, without having to acquire uh, you know, a new company. Brock, how are you today? Good, doing great. Thanks for having me. Great, and I, I want to read your bio, man. I really sort of I connect with you on the hustler and the, you know, the excellent salesmanship um, part of... Um, our sort of careers and our outlook on life. So I really, I think this is going to be a great conversation. But let me kind of get uh, folks to understand who you are and where you come from. So you've been a lifelong entrepreneur, right? In grade school, you traded some cards in your kids in class. By the time you were in fourth grade, you were going door to door um, offering your pet sitting services. And um, then you graduated high school, went into construction. And there you kind of got to know real estate a little bit. Um, then in 1999, you purchased your first property. Um, and by 2001, you owned 80 properties. Now, that's amazing. Uh, and a few laundromats. Um, by the age of uh, 24, um, you really had a lot of responsibility and a lot to learn about the business. So now, fast forward to now, you're managing, uh, you have a, a property management company that has three locations now. Is that right? We're, we're here in Albany right now, Albany, Skeptic, Detroit right now, which is really essentially one location. We are expanding now currently into Rochester and Buffalo. So that's what we're doing now. So we're currently working um, to do that. So we will, we will, by September, we'll be in Buffalo, and by January, we'll be in Rochester, Love which our, our market here is one, about 1.2 million here, and this will expand it to closer to 4 million. So total gotcha. population. Gotcha. And so you currently manage about thirty million in real estate. What does that translate yep. into into doors and units? So everybody understands the scope here. Four four hundred doors. Gotcha. Four hundred doors. Four hundred doors. Yep. What is your goal for the next twelve months and next twenty four months once you sort of employ the uh, and so move to the expansion? I, I figure by the end of this year we'll be at six hundred units. 
and within 24 months, a thousand units. And I really look at it as owners because because I, I don't really look at it as doors as much as owners, right? Because if I get I got one right now at 74 doors, one owner. If he fires me tonight. I just lost 74 doors, right? So my goal is to to get 180 owners next year, minimum 180 owners next year, and that'll be about 300 to 400 more units next year. That's so we should be able to way. double. Very interesting way to look at it. So you want to diversify your management portfolio in terms of owners, so you're not dependent on a single owner as much, um, right? And your business yeah, is going to go down uh, if they pull out. Yeah, because our average owner. Um, we'll average out about three units per owner, but we have some, we have some outliers there. We have one that has 74 units. We have another one who has 33 units. Last week I signed up another one with 18 units. So it's those outliers that scare me. You know what I mean? So that's why we, we want to make sure that we concentrate on owners. I mean, early in my career, my first client had a hundred units and I lost them in a day. And ever since then, I've never concentrated on uh, doors. I always concentrate on owners. Gotcha. So you had that lesson early on. So what made you, uh, from the owner and manager of your own properties, what made you to turn into uh, turn this into a business and management fee business? Yeah. So I started out, like you said, I was always selling stuff. I, I came home, lived in Heidelberg, Germany. My dad was in the army. I was in third grade. First time I came home with money. Third grade, told my mom I had $100. It was really $80 because I wanted to make it sound a little bit better. So I said, I got $100. It was $80. So she's like, how did you do it? I sold a skateboard to another kid in class. So that's in third grade. So I've always been selling stuff. By the time I got to 1999, it was, or 1996, graduated high school, went to construction for a few years, like you said. After that, I, I heard about rental properties. I heard a guy on the construction site talk about rental properties. I said, that's a great idea had 80 within 12, maybe, maybe 16 months. And the problem was I didn't know what I was doing, right? People think it's easy. You're going to collect rent. Well, there's a lot of moving parts, more moving parts in this business than a lot of other businesses, actually so many moving parts and actually the people's well-being, their safety, there's so many moving parts. So what ended up happening was I didn't know what I was doing. I had all kinds of financial problems with them, all kinds of problems. I learned the hard way. I didn't know how to select tenants the right way. Um, so what ended up happening, I, I had to get out of them. 9-11 happened, and people from New York City started moving here because of 9-11, um, especially the Guyanese people. I was able to take houses that I bought for 15 grand and sell them for 50 the next year. So I bought them for 15 one year. The next year, I sold them for 50 grand. I was able to get out of a lot of real estate that way, and then by 2006 – we were flipping houses. Um, once I heard that 580 credit scores could get 100% financing, I said, if a 580 can get 100%. <laughs> that was the funny money days, man. I remember those days. I, 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 I yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. 80, 20. And, and yeah, and that was, that was a crazy time. And I used to sell properties to investors. So I would sell 10 properties to an investor. And my mortgage guy said, if you, should, you should not do that. You should sell to homeowners. So we, we, we switched our whole strategy, started selling houses to um, and, uh, homeowners at 580 credit scores. And we could go down to a 500 credit score if we held 20% paper. So we did that for we did that for a couple of years. By 2007, we couldn't sell any more houses. So by 2007, 
by, by 2007, we were still buying, but we couldn't get out of them. So at that point, we had the people, we had the construction people, I had the background in property management, and in 2007, late 2007, we started this company. Um, so that's how we started, and that's why we started, because I'd already exited out being a landlord, but I knew that people had a problem, and I knew people were going to have a problem going forward, but in our market, people have a problem anyways. So I just knew it was a real tough business, and so we got into it, and because of the timing, we were able to grow really fast. Yeah, 2007 was a great, great year to start a property management company, even though it seemed bleak. But this was this was the opportunity because nobody could sell anything, right? And then at the end, they end up either losing the house or turning it over to uh, making a rental. Brock, what is your um, – It's it looks like, man, I'm always curious about this as a fellow entrepreneur. looks like you made a lot of pivots along the way, right? You have these – yeah. You stay within the real estate industry, but real estate industry is like vast, right? Mortgages versus yep. versus management, completely different, completely different yep. animals. So what was the thought process? And this is just for my own benefit and other yep. entrepreneurs. Yep. What was the thought process? How how was how did you feel the time to shift and how did you make the shift? Like for example, going from flipping uh homes to uh to management or going from um <laughs> you know, selling homes uh, into 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 flipping or managing your own homes into flipping like what what made you make the pivot and what was your thought process in that in that time yeah so I always think of, I always think of it think of it like Madonna right you got to always be changing Madonna has been relevant for 30 years ever since I was a little kid right so I always think you got to change you got to be willing to change so it's just a, it's just a thing in my gut that tells me look I got to change sometimes you you got hit upside the head with a brick. And you're like, you know, you got to change. And then other times, it's just like you see it before other people see it, or at least I do. So back in, two, in 2007, what happened was I had three boards on the wall. One board was the properties that we were buying. The second board in the middle was the ones we're renovating. And the third board was the properties that we were going to sell. So you could see what's happening in 2007. The first board was filled up. We bought some properties. The, third, the second one, we filled, we um, pended them. I'm sorry, we didn't pen them. We worked on them. And the third one, nothing pended, zero pended. Uh -huh. So it didn't take too much to figure out we got to do something. We're not selling any of this real estate. And we had about 20 properties. Um, we had a couple million dollars invested. And we had investors calling saying, where's our money? So we had to do some stuff. We had to manage those. So that's really one of the things that happened that made us change. Gotcha. So, so there's a, there's a sort of a, a shift coming and because you track your numbers, because you, you yep. saw the business, you saw the shift and you've adjusted. And so did you have to sell those investors on the idea of now is the best time to turn it into rental? I mean, that's changing the business model a little bit. How, well, those, how did you do that? Well, those, yeah, those those investors had just lent me money. So they, I owed them, you know, millions of dollars, right, or whatever it was. So we had to refinance. We had to figure out how to sell. We had to figure out how to negotiate. I mean, it was 2007, 8. Well, that was really an 8, right? At, at this point now, we're in 2008. Yeah. Um, we caught it early enough. And what I'll say is, like, my father is my works on my maintenance department. I went to him. And he was doing the flips at the time. And I went to him and I said, I told, he was the first person I told. I'm going to go back to management. And he, he never gets mad at me. And he was actually mad at me. He didn't understand, right? I told, my, I told um, one of my business partners here, we need to do this. Nobody understood. It was too early. But we caught it early enough because a year later, 
would have been too late. Yep. If we, a year later, we would have been in big trouble. Um, we were able to get ahead of it and then grow the management. And the great thing was we had this new thing that was called absentee or was called um, accidental landlords, right? That was a new thing that we really didn't know about. and It was just now coming into the market. So that's what we were able to get some of those. Gotcha. So talk to me about your first client. Like, so, so I know you have some investors who already bought in. They own the houses. You turn them into rentals, potentially talking them through it and, and getting the agreement. But as far as like somebody from the outside, talk to me about your first management. What, how did you pitch? You, know, you didn't really have a business in place. What, what happened there? It's kind of like you fake it till you make it, right? You got a hundred. I had a hundred units before, so I got a, I, I I went out and spent three thousand dollars on a phone system, and when you called in, it, so we had all these different departments, right? We really it was just me and my business partner was flipping houses with me, and we switched it. And my dad was the maintenance, and then we hired my brother's wife, uh, probably ninety days in to start being the property manager. So we started hiring people pretty fast. But we had that set up. So when people called in, they had a whole bunch of extensions. We told them we had more units than we really did. And then we did, right? It didn't take long. It probably took four months. I bet you it took 90 days. We had 100 units. It didn't take long. We did it all on direct mail. We made $5 million just on direct mail at that time. We brought in $5 million on direct mail. It was all built on the back of direct mail. Um, so that's how we did it. Do you remember what was the offer in the direct mail? What 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 specifically? What was the trigger? What what did you ask for? Or you just straight up just said, "Hey, property management services, call me." Yeah, we sent out letters. I didn't even do postcards at the time. You know, now we do some postcards, but at that time we were sending out letters, and I, it, I don't even remember. It was a it was a paragraph with some bulletin points and a call to action. And I've been decent at marketing, and people called, and it was just a need for. It. And then what we also did was we hooked up with the biggest broker here, which was Colwell Banker, and we got on their concierge list, and they started to have us to meetings to introduce us to realtors. It wasn't a big part of our business. But it gave us a few leads here and there and a few contracts here and there. So properties we wouldn't have got otherwise, the more expensive properties. So that's how we did it. Gotcha. And so right now, let's fast forward to you know near future. Uh, I'm sorry, near, yep. <laughs> near, near present. Um, you, you've been growing your company over the last two, three years with uh, using AdWords and the pay-per-click um, yep. process. Now, a lot of people find this you know, incredibly uh, um, opportunistic and it works well if you know your numbers and know your math. Yep, um, yep. But a lot of people find this very expensive and unapproachable because, you know, look, you're dropping two, three grand every month, right? Or however what your budget yep. is and you hope for yep. the best. How do you make it work for your business? It's 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 life-changing, man. Um, I can give you numbers right here. I got them right in front of me. We, we did um, last year's is 2017 numbers. We spent 37.3 on marketing, our cost per lead was two thirty four fifty nine. Our cost per client was six forty three ten, and the conversion rate was forty one percent. So that's where we ended up last year. Now this year we're spending seventy two thousand. And some of this stuff is the stuff I heard on your show. Like eight percent is where we're at, right? We're at eight. We'll do like eight between eight and ten percent of sales. You know, we'll be at one to one point two this year, and we'll probably do like you know eight to ten percent in sales of that. That's pretty aggressive. That, that's fairly aggressive growth budget. So that that's pretty amazing. Now I want to I want to flip back to the numbers real quick. I, I by the way I my hat to you, man. That was amazing to have those numbers some people would look at it some people would look at it and even on this show listening right now i bet some people are cringing like hey he's paying 235 dollars per lead 640 dollars yep. per property that's insane yeah. how do you justify that brock all right so let me tell you something so first of all 
I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to make 20,000. You have to know what your client's worth, right? What is that going to be? You'll spend two thirty four fifty nine to get 20 grand. That's what we make on our average client. So I got the one I told you, 74 units. We signed them up. We'll make a buck 20, I think a buck 20 a year on that. Um, that cost me two thirty four fifty nine. So that one is, was worth it, right? The average is going to, is going to be with us two or three years. Um, our market is really, these properties are old. These landlords are tired. It's, it's a different model. So we're going to lose more than the average um, property management company based on the stuff I've learned from your show, but it doesn't, but we, that's why we have to bring enough in because we're heavily in maintenance. Um, so we're going to be at 20,000, 20,000 is our average. We looked at a five, we went back five years and we figured out that we make about 20,000 for each client that we bring client. And you mentioned there's yep. three unit average on a client. So that makes yep. sense to me. Lifetime value of a three unit per client over two, three years. That's about right there, right? That's about 20 yep. grand. Yep. That, and the other thing too, real quickly, is um, you know, I seen one of our competitors and they, they had sent out, they had it on LinkedIn actually. I seen this, they said, for if you, if you refer us, anybody, anybody refers them a client, I think it was zero to 10 units, they'll give you $100. And then they go, if you give them 100, 100 units, they'll give you 200 hours. So when you see something like that on LinkedIn, you're like, they don't know their numbers. They don't know what a client's value. You know what I mean? It was amazing to see that for me because it's one of the bigger competitors here, but they don't know their numbers. So that's the thing. You got to know your numbers and then you're willing to spend the money. We're all in business. It's buying and selling, right? And that's how it works. And that's amazing, Brock. So, so Spenny dropping 643.10 today per client to get $20,000 lifetime value over two, three years. That takes... Um, that to me is, is, is absolutely makes sense. You know, math, you know, it's a buy, buy, buy scenario, but like I said, these numbers scare some entrepreneurs. So it's great to see that. Um, it's great to, to see how you think about this. Cause I've been preaching this. I've been preaching this for years, guys. It's cheap now. Go get them. You know, the, 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 the equity money coming in, the private equity money coming in, it's not yep. going to be cheap anymore. It's getting more expensive. By the way, have you seen your lead costs cr creep up over the last two, three years? No, I, I think it's going to, I think ours is going to go down. And this is the thing uh -huh. why we're going to, this is why we're going to go to Rochester and Buffalo. So it's, it's a land grab right now. You know what I mean? It's like Absolutely. Gary Vaynerchuk says a land grab when in his business is a land grab in this business. It's no joke because I see the, I see the, in our market, we're winning. We're doing the things that really matter. We don't have any competition. I've been, I've sold real estate. I've been a realtor. I am a realtor. I sell real estate. That's very competitive, right? But there's this in this space right now. We are we are winning in our market. Um, we have the highest conversion rates, the best reviews. We have the best reviews. Our competitor has 1.8, 1.9. We have a 4.5 on Google. Nice. So who do they call, right? We're, so we're just we're concentrating. Before I got on the phone with you today or got on this, I was calling a, a happy client. Can you give me a review? We're constantly trying to get reviews. You know, I mean, we're up to like 41, but we're trying to get to three digits by the end of the year, right? So so doing that. That gets us organic. We're getting organic. We're opening other offices, small offices, to to be able to get on Google in those little towns. That's so smart. we see and using AdWords and landing pages and the stuff you sell, we're going to put that stuff in Rochester and we're going to put that stuff in Buffalo, and that's what we're going to do. We know we can win because it's the same there as it is here. It's five hours away, but you know what? It's the same there as it is here. So that's why we're doing it that way. Gotcha. And also, um, Kyle is our customer success, um, 
um, guy, and he, he 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 spent a lot of time talking to you, and he actually put me onto you uh, for this interview. So I want to thank him publicly here. Yeah, me um, too. Uh, he's a good guy, very smart, and he said something. He's like, Alex, you gotta talk to Brock. He's got the best. He's like the best salesman. You love him. Um, tell 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 me in the audience. What is your sales process, man? Because you're closing, it looks like 235 per lead. You're closing one out of three. You said 41% closing ratio, which 40, is 41%. Like that's it. On AdWords, all people do is bitch about the quality of, like, oh, they're tough leads. They're not, you're not really bought in, and I love my referrals and stuff. Like, I know that I'm the same way. I love those qualified, warm leads. People, hey, I've listened to your podcast for the last two years. I want to sign up. I love that. Yep. But I'm also yeah, I'm also okay talking to a cold, you know, somebody who's just warming up to the idea. So how do you how do you close 41% of co- essentially inbound, but leads that don't know who you are? Well, I, you know, I have a background, you know, when I was doing this business. So 2008, I was selling real estate, or I'm sorry, I was doing property management up until about 2013. 2013, I was burnt out, burnt out in property management. I started selling real estate. Um, my business partner here, he started, he was doing more of the management. I was doing a lot of real estate. So at that time, I was, co- I was at Keller Williams. I was coaching. So that, so I, I, that's where I learned the sales skills probably the best. I've been selling all my life, but that's when I actually learned. So, so the bottom line, the way I went it is slowing down the process. So the one thing I think the, the biggest thing I could teach anybody in this industry, cause I just went to Buffalo. I just interviewed property managers because we're going to be there. So I want to see who the competition is. What, right. I was there for two days and I interviewed people and these were national franchises and also people that are not national franchises and they don't have a system. There's people buying national franchises and they have no sales system, none zip zero. It's a, it's amazing to me. Um, so you go in, you know what they give you? They give you their property management agreement. As soon as you call them, that's their sales. That's their sales <laughs> right. collateral, right? That's insane. So what we do is we have sales collateral, right? When somebody calls in, I slow the process down. I start to ask them questions. I, my, the best question I ask them is, hey, you know, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your property? That one sentence, they give me everything I need to know. I try to get off the phone without giving them any more information. I just want to send them information and let them digest it. Nice. And then, then I get back on the phone with them. So I say, let, we'll do a Q&A, and I'll get on the phone. I'll answer all your questions. The first call, because what do they want? They want to know pricing. I have the pricing on our website. You know, I, I just recently did that. So it's there. And we're at a flat price now. But I think what ends up happening is they came through a landing page. So they probably didn't see that. So I want them to digest it. I got 40 questions that we would ask if we were hiring a property manager. These are the questions we would ask. We got a lot of guarantees that we're doing. So by doing all that and then having the greatest reviews, a lot of them are bought in anyways because they saw the reviews. So that's how that's how the conversion rate works. And then also putting a lot of content out. Um, I, and that's why I think today we're at one or two leads every day coming in. You know, and that's through landing pages, that's through Google AdWords, and that's through or a lot of organic stuff. Um, so we're getting a lot of leads. Our sponsor today is Four and Half, my own company, and our brand new product, One Partner website platform. You see, the problem with websites is that once you have it built, there's really no changes being made until you're ready for a new one in three to four or five years down the line. So the website's not keeping up with your business. And if you are making changes on your website, you are left guessing on how those changes will improve the performance of the website. Right? So one partner solves that. We solve it in three ways. The website platform that we have focuses on leads, 
data and data-driven decisions. Let me explain. First and foremost, the website is designed with your perfect customer experience in mind first. It's all about them, professional copy, larger text, easy, clean layout, super fast loading, videos, explainer videos throughout the website, lead magnets like ebook download and rental analysis uh, imp implemented throughout the website where they make sense. We also help you with a three-tier pricing plan. We have a, a framework that will help you and will consult you on putting together the pricing plan to baffle your competition and play in different uh, uh, price spectrums for your customers and create an upsell opportunity within your company. Definitely going to lead your local market if you are able to introduce that. And so all of that uh, means little if we don't have the if the website does not rank. Well, four and a half uses the last six years of our experience to implement SEO uh, best practices throughout the website, inside the website, outside the website, um, connect all your digital channels, all your social media channels, and have that sort of a presentation of who you are as a brand, consistent, clean, and very, very easy for your customers to understand. Now, the second element here is the business performance dashboard. It's the data. There's so much of it out there. Who cares, right? I can't dig into Google Analytics and try to understand what does, uh, you know, what is my bounce rate and how does that, how is that relevant to my website SEO? Well, so what we've done is we distilled all that information coming from, you know, 10 other sources, you know, including your CRM, your reputation channels, your Google Analytics, uh, and so on into a simple dashboard that answers three questions. Where are my leads are coming from? How much does it cost me per lead from all these different lead sources? And it has a trigger built in on where and when to double down. You see, our team uses this information to study the performance of your website every 90 days. And we get on the phone with you and we'll figure out what to build next, whether it's new landing pages, whether it's proving Different, putting different videos in different places, whether it's uh, um, essentially explain, do a better job explaining the particular services you have, whatever we find from the data and, and the opportunities to make the performance improvements, we pass them on to you on a continuous basis and we build those out. That is what One Partner Platform is all about. If you want to learn more, if you want to stand out from a competition, if you really want to move your business to the next level, do yourself a favor. Go to fourandhalf.com forward slash one partner and see what we have. And so by what's slowing down the process, this, this is great to me, but you basically go through the discovery and you, you ask them everything about the property, which, give, which accomplishes two things, right? One is, oh, somebody here to listen. Wow. Yep. <laughs> you know, somebody's just not, not, not rushing me off the phone and, and, and or giving me the pitch, uh, interrupting me. You know, As somebody who cares and, and they'll listen about talk about the property, and uh, and accomplish the second thing. It, it gets you, you know, it gets you an understanding whether you even want to manage that property, right? Because they're not. Yeah, every and, and we and yeah, and we do a bad job at that right now because we're in high growth mode and we, we sell a lot of maintenance, so. We're, we kind of take it on and figure it out, and it, it's scary. Like it, it's, and we were interviewing a new portfolio manager yesterday, and probably as things grow, we'll get a little more selective on what we what we bring on. But right now, yeah, we kind of sign them and then figure it out. And I mean, I sign everything up right now. I mean, we will, you know, I will sell Buffalo, I will sell Rochester 
from here, which is like I said, is five hours away to, until it gets up to a certain point and then I'll hire a BDM. So I figured like 50 to 100 units, which I should be able to do pretty quickly, then I'll hire a BDM. That'll be a new thing because I don't have, I've been doing it myself. I've built all these units myself. So, uh, you know, I'll have to figure that out when I get there. Hmm. So so the next next phase is how do you transcend your your abilities into you know, other people that can do it for you. Yeah. But how, how are you planning? This has always been a question I get a lot. Um, how do you, Brock, how do you deal with um, selling into a market that you don't have local knowledge about? Like, how yep. does I gonna, somebody goes from Buffalo, they want you to manage this this, yep. this, this 40 unit complex on D Street. Like, what do you, yep. like, how do you deal with it? So, yeah, so I, I, I do think about that. Um, I did it before. So, one thing I left out, we just didn't come, it didn't come up because it was a very small piece of my life. We, we in, in 2000, probably 12, we opened an office in Syracuse, which is two, two and a half hours away. So we had a, an office there. We never really grew it. Um, and I got really burnt out in property management. That's when I went to real estate. So at that point, we did it. I, I was able to sell. I just wasn't getting a lot of leads and we weren't doing Google AdWords right. And we, we were just, I was spending a lot of time you know, fixing the airplane versus bringing the business in at that time. I was trying to be, you know, fix everything. Um, and I had a bit different business model or my mind was just thinking things differently. So at that point I've done it. So the bottom line is I've done it. Um, and I've also done the, I've done the research of my company. How many people do I sign up over the phone? And how many people do I sign up in person? And I don't remember what it was, but it was enough to make me say I can afford to lose the ones that I have to meet face to face to get it off the ground, right? If it, if it takes longer, the risk is lower because I don't have to hire anybody. I don't have to spend any money. So the only money I'm going to be spending is on a small like Regis office and also on the marketing. And then the leasing, the boots on the ground are the leasing people, which I'll get from the MLS. And then I have the contractor already in place. So that's that's how I see you know going forward. Gotcha. And and so what are um what are some of the numbers or metrics you are taking a look at in order to see, hey, I want to go to Buffalo. Uh, that's that's yep. a good area for us. It's five hours away. But yep. I wanted to go there. What are the metrics? What makes you like? What what, what helps you make that yep. decision? Yeah. So what helps you make the decision is the competition. So just googling, Google Buffalo property management and seeing the competition. Going there now. I just you know I've been there once, um, but I went. But first, I just seen it by looking, by googling, seeing. Okay, it's a bigger. It's a little bit bigger than this market. Um, just looking at it, and it, it's the same thing. Same exact thing. Same clients. I did my research, same clients, same people, same type of properties. Everything's the same. You're right. I don't know D Street, right? I wouldn't know anything about D Street, um, but I, I've learned enough going there this last time I went. I'm going again every month for a few days. So by the time I open, I'll have been there six times. I'll know a little bit more about the areas. They mention a certain area. I'll know a little bit about it. And then I have a contractor. I have leasing people at, by that point. So I can get on the phone with them and say, is this good? Is this bad? And I'll get some information, but it won't be, I won't be as powerful as I am here because I can really speak, you know, a lot more. I have 18 years of experience here. So it will be, that will be a challenge, but I'm only trying to get up to 50 to hundred units and then hire a local realtor as a BT, BDM, and I have a whole strategy and a thought on how to do that. So that's that's what I'm working on. Hold that thought for a second. I do want to go there because that's the juicy part I want to talk about. I mean, everything we've discussed so far has been amazing, by the way. Um, but that is a very very interesting strategy that I want to dig in a little deeper. But let, let's let's sort of I want to sort of understand um, 
little bit more on um, um, on your on your uh, closing and your sales process. So yep. when you say when you slowing things down, when you're doing your discovery, I think this yep. is translatable to the new area in in a way that because you're not pitching on that call, you you just yep. earned a bit of time to do a research, and when you do pitch. Yep, right. Sure. The, the collateral brings them in. The collateral talks about who you are, how you approach, you know, management, your reviews, what people are saying yep. about you. So, so you're right. They're kind of bought in at that point. You've listened, so you've earned their respect. And 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 and, and yeah, when you when you t- when you split, and this was my this was my thought process. Why aren't we splitting the sales process? And and, and like I didn't know you do that, but that's that's amazing. Like, I do some consulting work, right, for property management yep. entrepreneurs and. And I go through their sales process, and it's never ever split. It's always, it's always, always, always the same, right? Discovery, usually pretty short, followed by a quick pitch, agreement out, yep. and then follow ups. Yeah, they think the agreement's a sales thing. It's not sales. That's the scary part. That's the scary. You exactly. want them to be, you want them to be so bought into you before you ever. Get, I docusign that. A lot of times I'll even docusign it, even if I meet them face to face. A lot of times I've even been recently docusigning even face to face, which everybody would say don't do. But I actually it's been working because they're so bought in. I don't, I don't do it all the time. But if I on the phone, it's always docusign. It's the last thing when they finally say. Do it. Now, if they say, look, I want to see a sample, I'll send them a sample. But I, I, I really try to build so much trust because this is a big trust thing here. I mean, they're going to hand over their property to you and they live in Israel or they live in Germany or they live in Saudi Arabia or they live in wherever. It's a big trust. They have to believe in you. And you've got to build that first. You can't just send the property management agreement because that's the part that they get scared at. You know, once they read through that, it's scary. That's huge, man. So so I think that's a tip, a takeaway tip for a hustler and somebody who's well entrepreneur hustler who who wants to grow their business and and rethink their sales process is to slow down and split the process as Brock says man just have that first call dedicated to them their problems their property ask all a lot of questions then hang up the phone sell, send you stuff um, and 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 you know get get them on the phone or, or, or schedule next meeting to do the presentation. Yeah. Then you can talk about the values, the rentals. Then you can talk about the property and what you can do and all those things. That, that is really, I think that's a great tip. That's a great takeaway. Yeah. So if, if you guys take one thing away, I think try, at least try that. Try that for the next 10 calls, right? 10 leads, see what happens. Yeah, and, and one key one key piece to that is you do need to definitely set up the next call. You know, I always say I'll call you tomorrow. Would would morning be better or would evening be better? And they tell you, and then you set it up. I always set it up. And the other thing too is I'm calling these leads. You know, I'm calling them ten times. Like I'm not. I don't call them three times or two times. Like I'm still gonna call. I'm gonna really call until they tell me, look. Don't call anymore. <laughs> that's, you know what I mean? That's so, great, man. That's I mean, great. It gets so, so, be crazy now, but that's that's the strategy. So. I mean, again, um, and, and in my opinion, if I go to three car dealerships, like if you put yourself in your position, uh, yep. put yourself in that position, right? You go to three car dealerships, and you sort of like bought into this one and that one and that one, and then one sales guy who you had an amazing interaction with, you actually listened to you, and, yep. and and actually procured the right kind of car for you, whatever used car, what have you, and he called and called and called and followed an email. And you couldn't go get a hold of the other guys. The other guys, nobody cared. But he did. Yep. He, yeah. 90% you're going to go back and buy a car from that guy. 
Exactly. And, and you're also sending content and emails and all that, which I'm not, I'm doing, but I'm not, I need to work on to get better at, but that, I mean, that's our big strategy to get better at that. Uh, we are doing it, but we're just not doing it at the best level we could be doing it. Um, but, but yeah, sending them stuff, having the eBooks, having all this stuff for them and then having the reviews. Why would you not deal with the person who's calling you, who's giving, who has the reviews, who has, who's giving you the content and who's listening to you a hundred percent. And yeah. then you're going to win. That's how your conversion rate is going to go higher um, if you can do that. Yeah, 41%, man. I can't argue with that. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit. I do want to talk about your construction services and how do you fold them into your business right now. And, and so, so let me say that. I know you had that yeah. in your previous sort of as you were building yeah. up to this company. But do you have full-on remodeled construction services yep. arm now? Yep. Yeah, yeah, we that we are a property management. We are a, a maintenance construction company disguised as a property management company. Um, it's really what we do. I mean, if if maintenance and construction goes away, we wouldn't be in business. You know what I mean? It's just that's our that's where we make our money. Um, you know, we have fifteen employee. We have fifteen employees, and out of that. You know, six or seven, a little less than half is is maintenance. So yeah, we're we're big on maintenance, and yeah, we do. Our guys, you know, can do put a boiler in, put you know, put um put heating, any type of heating in hot water. Um, they we've done foundations. Um, so yeah, we've done heavy heavy construction work. So uh, when you are pitching to your customers, how do you pitch this? What what is that? Uh, how, how do you pitch that as an advantage and? and over our, or, or, or competitive, you know, unique sales proposition. Yeah. So, so exactly how it works is they call in, they say, do we have to, do we have to use your maintenance? Now I used to have a, a version of the contract that was without maintenance. I, I don't now, and I, and I don't know if I'll go back. It just depends on what type of staff I have and how I can help and what it takes away from the staff I have right now. It takes away the people who don't want maintenance want the most from us. And we don't get the maintenance. So it just doesn't make sense. We're not making enough money for the time they want from us. Um, so we've decided right now not to offer that. So right now what we offer is you do have to use us for maintenance. And what, the way I sell it is I say, listen, you don't have to use us for a big project. But for emergencies and routine maintenance, you have to use us. And we have to be on call for your tenants. I mean, it's just we can't manage it if we're not taking care of the tenants' well-being, their safety. So, And most people buy into it. And our rates – they're happy with the rates. I mean, it used to be a scary thing, but now I'm not having too many problems with the rates and, you know, the way we handle it. So that's how we do it. You know, I read the latest report um, on construction jobs and state of the industry, and it's it seems like one of, out of three construction jobs are not filled right now. They're vacant because there's nobody there that's to fun. fill them. Yep. And so I, it sounds like I am, <laughs> I've been looking for somebody to remodel my kitchen for like six months, my wife and I were like, yep. oh, we should do it." But man, we're not, like, I'm not gonna go to Home Depot and just, you know, pick, you know, pick, pick somebody off the street. I don't know what to do, man. Uh, you know, these companies, you call them, you know, like six month wait, and and they're it's cherry picking the so projects. True. So, like, right, I don't know if that's New York is experiencing the same thing, but it's in California and nationwide. I don't know if New York might be a little bit different, but but it's it's no, tough it's to not. find somebody. Same thing. We last year we defined two maintenance guys. Took us almost a whole year, and I and I've been doing this for 18 years. So normally I'm like just put an ad. I put Facebook ads on. I mean, me on video on Facebook targeting, um, you know, people to do that type of work. Everything four five thousand people would watch it, and I still couldn't get anybody. And finally, we got two guys. They're still here. They've been here for a year now, but it took us a long time. They became like a, like people think of them as a commodity. 
and they weren't. They were. It was hard to find them. They were. We were. We were so. It was like. It was like getting a new client or getting five new clients. We were. We were so searching for them to try to find them, and we finally found them. Uh, but it took a long time. So this is where your niche is. This is. This is really Brock. This is. I've seen a lot of different styles of property management. Even within the property management styles, there's multi styles, right? Um, yep. But but basically, like you know, you think about luxury properties. You think about. Um, you know, mid properties, single family properties, commercial, but people focus on all these different properties. I think your yep. game is truly unique because you will take the B and C properties and yep. you will, for owners who are, you know, who, who just stumbled into owning them or whatever, they have those properties, yep. they need help. So you are right there. You're like, Hey, I'm the guy to help you. And I have my construction crew. So, you know, we can get things done and, and, and fix things quickly and, and really maybe even turn it around. Right. Um, and that's, that that to me is is very unique niche you occupy. Yeah, I mean, our the properties here are just they're older. They're a hundred years old, um, so they're old. They need a lot of maintenance. So that's we had a guy come in yesterday. His portfolio manager. He owned his own. He sold his business, a hundred units, and he was looking for a job. And I looked at why did he need a job, and it's because he didn't offer maintenance. He you can't. He wouldn't have been able to survive in this market because you'd have to have. We're not in Houston. We're not in Dallas. They're not these big markets where we could get all these single families. It's just not. Our market's not like that. Our market for the most of the rental properties are two family houses. And then, you know, mostly two families. And then there's a few, some single families, three families, four families. But that's the makeup. Two to four units is the makeup of most of the properties here. And the cities. And that's where people need our service the most because it's low-income properties. And low-income tenants, they're, they're hard to manage. Um, and that's what we do. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's that's a niche, man. That's a niche that you're you're really truly blowing up and, and, and making work for you. So that's that's amazing. So let's let's shift and talk about your Facebook marketing strategy because you've talked to us and we're like, hey, can you run this Facebook campaign for yeah. for and we're like we're like uh, we want to help, but man, we 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 don't have the expertise here. So it would it's just like taking on the business. Kyle and I talked about it. Taking on the business would be a bit of it's not irresponsible, but it wouldn't be doing you a service because we'd have to learn on your dollar, right? Um, don't want to yeah. do that. Um, but what is your thought process there? It, it, that, that's in a like yep. really interesting. Yeah, so I, I think it's basically going to, so it's basically creating a landing page for whatever you need, right? But for this, for what we were talking about was creating a landing page for a leasing agent, creating a landing page for a contractor, creating a landing page for a business development manager. They could all be on one landing page or you could have one additional, you know, one for each, however you want to do it. And then you would target it to people on People that um, are, are realtors, and then that, that would be for your leasing. Targeted to handyman for handyman. Targeted um, to realtors for BDM, right? And that's how you would do it. And then, and then you'd have obviously good copy and good information there, and then hopefully get some leads. And that that was my strategy. So that's um, a, that's a, just to, to just to bring the audience back into this. This is yep. your strategy for getting quality staff and yep. hiring people into the new expansion markets. A hundred percent. Yeah. So it would, so it would be for that. So I would run ads on Facebook and maybe they'll do it on LinkedIn too. I mean like, and look, this is just an idea. I haven't done it. And, um, but you know, the, it works 
the landing page is going to work. I mean, if you go on Facebook, you see tons of landing pages. They're obviously working. People are doing it. So I just think it has to be good copy and it has to be targeted right. So that's really what it needs to be. You need to have a good landing page, good content, and then target it right. And I mean, if obviously if you target it wrong, it's not going to work. Right. So that's what that's what we were looking to do um, just to get those people because those people are key to, to the expansion. I mean, I got to have boots on the ground there. And that's that's the key. Gotcha, Brock. Well, it's it's been a pleasure, uh, a real treat talking to you, man. There's, we just ran through so many different things. So, guys, if you have a question, um, you know, Brock, do you mind if we put your email address in the article or your, in your website? No, it's Probably fine. your website. And people, if you have a question, they can just go contact us and reach out. Yeah, yeah, sure. My, my email, my website, whatever you want to do, it's fine. That's great, man. That's great. So, uh, before we go, I want to I want to ask you, now I'm going to ask every guest this because um, I want to compile some data. Um, what is the future of property management? What does it look like in your opinion? I think it's just going to grow. I think it's going to continue to grow. I think we saw in 2008 when it started, right? It really started in 2008 because of the recession. We happened, you had Renner's Warehouse getting involved. Um, that's when we started. Um, real property management was, I guess, a, a little ahead of that, but we've seen all how that's all played out. Um, so I, I think it's just going to continue to grow. I think Warren Buffett had a quote that said something like, I would buy as many as I could if I knew how to manage them. And I think that quote sparked in a lot of people's head, right? That, oh, well, let's figure out how to manage these. And then we had all types of people coming into the industry to manage them. Um, so, you know, our goal is to grow two to 3,000 units and sell and sell the business. I mean, that's, that's the goal. So in one year, when you and I come back to this podcast and, and, and do some more interesting discussions on the sales process, marketing and such, where are you going to be, Brock? What are you committing to? What sort of growth? A year from now, a year from now, I would say, see next year, I, I think we'll be at, so right now, I think we'll be at about 200, uh, hopefully 200 owners, 200 owners. I can't say how many units, but I can say 200 owners. Gotcha. That's that, our goal. That's your goal. We're, we're about 100 owners it. right now. So I think we can double our owners, and even with the, the amount of stuff we'll lose, um, I think we'll be around 200 owners next year. And I, and I think we'll be, we'll be doing a few hundred thousand a month in, in sales you know, between the three offices. That's the goal. That's great, man. That's great. So I wish you all the success. It's been an incredible uh, conversation, man. Thank you for the energy, and um, uh, we'll connect in a year. And meanwhile, um, i got to talk to you about your, uh, some of the stuff that i seen as I was investigating the, doing pre-interview work and give you some uh, ideas on uh, how to tweak a few things on the marketing side to up the conversion. Okay, yeah. We're always looking for that. Definitely. I'll reach out via email. All right, guys. Thank you for listening, and until next time, see you later.